Good afternoon, you guys. Whoop, whoop. Welcome back to Spilling It. Spilling It? <laughs> Spilling uh, It with the corporate report. report. <laughs> um, so, my mom is back. This is now season two, we decided. Two. Season two. And I had Rachel on, now you. And then we have already had, of course, Ethan. He's on every time. Now we have to get dad back on here. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready. Okay, so I have some questions for you that if you guys missed our first episode, well, actually, we've done a couple now. Mm -hmm. The first one kind of went into your background of your history and Mm -hmm. the people loved it. Oh, they loved it. They loved it. They listened to it. That's like the most listened to podcast. (gasps) Wow. I know. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Um. Yeah, I feel like you inspired a lot of people who went through things similar to you and, you know, just kind of, you know, how to get joy even though you go through hard things. Yeah, that's... Tough life. People are always looking for that. Yeah, inspiring. Like, okay, how do you change your attitude? How do you not... How do you feel like you didn't become a bitter person from all the things you went through? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, A lot of it is choice. Yeah. Because I observed people who were bitter, like my stepmom was so bitter and angry and hateful. And understandably, she had a lot of stuff done to her. Yeah. And in the process of that, it was like people, I just observed people. And I just kind of took note at a young age, like, mm-hmm. whoa, they are so crabby. What is... You're like, I do not want to be like that. <gasps> yeah. And I remember as even as a kid going, I will not do that. I will not get married. I will yeah. not have children. Because to me, everything I saw was, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. But once yeah. I got old enough, went through therapy, realized... I have the choice to, I have a blank canvas. Yeah. Once I got to Minnesota, it was like, okay, you have a blank canvas. You get to create. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not doing A, B, C, and D. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so backstory, if you missed it, um, but you can definitely go back and she'll go, she went into depth on the other episode, which I'll link both of them for you guys to listen to. If you haven't listened to that one first definitely recommend listening to that one um but what we didn't really get into was dad's cancer Mm. and kind of like how you dealt with that or like all the things leading up to that so you guys know um Ethan and I have been through lots of medical trauma and so have you yeah but just different so you know Ethan and I have our daughter going through that you know your granddaughter and then you had dad who had stage four cancer. Stage four. He got, yeah. So we had, I had him on and he was kind of explaining it. And he's so different because he doesn't give as many details as you do. <laughs> That's true. He's like, well, one day I was coughing <laughs> and apparently it was blood, but I thought it was brown because he's colorblind. Yeah. Um. So why don't we just start with that? Like how do you remember the exact day you were like, Dave, Yes. What the heck? Yep. What happened? He he was coughing a lot previously, right? Or was he sick? No, he really wasn't coughing a lot. There was no indication that he had stage four cancer. Okay. First of all. Okay. He was 27. And so I didn't know anybody who had cancer previous. So 
I didn't have any indication. Yeah, you I don't mean, know the symptoms. No. I feel like that was the same when Nevaeh was diagnosed with diabetes. Right. I was like, I didn't know any of the symptoms. But now if somebody tells me like, oh, they're peeing a lot. I'm like, right. oh my God, they need to get checked for diabetes immediately. Right. So like, right. it's not something even on your radar. No, I'm because sure. like he had some back pain. Well, you don't oh, think yeah. cancer. Mm-hmm. He had... Um, well, after he w- would eat, this was a strange one for me because after he would eat, he'd kind of get a stomach cramp. And I was like, honey, maybe you just ate too fast. Or, yeah. You know, because like, you know, if he drinks too fast, then he coughs. Yeah. He He's ch- choking. A cho- You're like a choking thing. And I try not to laugh because he does it all the time. I'm like, all the time. It's actually obnoxious. And now it's like, like kind of like annoying where you're like, oh, get your shit handled, yeah. sir. Like, what if you like, do? <laughs> and it lasts a really long time. But then we laugh and then he starts laughing yeah. too. Well, he looks at me every time he starts to cough, he goes, <laughs> then he looks at me like, go ahead, laugh at me. And I'm like, oh gosh. But yeah, so that was something also, but like the back pain. So his stomach, like when he was done eating, he would get a kind of like a little like a cramp and I'm like oh that's odd yeah so then one day after it was after work and we were having some people over for a bible study and he had said he went into the bathroom came went to the bathroom came back out I went in and you know like when you flush the toilet and stuff doesn't flush flush all the way and it comes back up when I walked in I saw like blood and I was like Dave, there's blood in the toilet. He goes, because he kind of had like a little cold, like <clears throat> that and he was sort of thing. Loogie, and he, he thought yeah, like kind of he thought it was like green, and he's colorblind with his greens and reds. Yeah. So he's like, no, that's green. I said, that's red. Just go to the doctor. I'm sure. You know, right away, I was yeah. like, I'm sure it's just a bleeding ulcer or something. Yeah. Which, that's funny, he brought that up because he's like, I actually just had an ulcer. Which was really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's probably no big deal. You'll be back in time for the Bible study, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'll just go another day. No, just go now. So you sent him to the emergency room or to like the urgent clinic? Care? He went there. They said, we don't have an x-ray machine, but we're going to send you to the U. Okay. And so he went there. They did an x-ray. They didn't have an x-ray machine? Or maybe they did have one there. No, you're talking that's... Yeah, 1987. Well, I was a baby baby. Me and Danielle. So you only had the two of us. Danielle was a year and a half. Two? About two and you were six months old. Six months old. Okay. So 1987. Yeah. Yeah, Because it was like December-ish. Yeah, so I guess not every... I'm like, they didn't have an x-ray machine, but that makes sense. But they might have at the clinic, and then they sent him to the U. I can't remember which it was. Maybe they saw something, and they're like, you need to go. I recall he said uh, they took x-rays, and there's tumors all over. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll just do... I didn't even know what a tumor was. I was like, oh, there's tumors everywhere. Okay, they'll they'll take care of it. (laughs) I didn't even know a tumor was oh my gosh so um, you were how old I was 23 oh my gosh yeah and dad was he was 27 and they say for testicular cancer the range is 27 to 35 and he was 27 Mm. which and uh testicular cancer nowadays is like the most curable yeah 
if it's caught in like the first or second stages. Right, right. Well, once we got into it, they're like, yeah, he's in the fourth stage. And still, I'm naive, like, okay, okay, so what do we have to do? You know, I still was like... 23. Yeah, 23, did not know anything and had two babies and... yeah. I was a surprise baby. Yeah, because we were planning exactly two years apart. Yeah. And had we done that, we wouldn't have you. Yeah. So thank God that... God was like, God, well, God the was world like, no, needs a court. Yes, we need to have court <laughs> yeah. in the world. And that's so it. there you go. Uh, Danielle is an only child. She would have loved it. <laughs> like courting out of annoying me all the time she'd be like oh my gosh "Mm." life is so peaceful (laughs) right oh hilarious okay so so they basically said he's got stage four cancer well they didn't say that right away so um after he went and he's like the doctor wants you to come down i said why well they want to talk to i said you tell me right now what's happening yeah and then that's when he said well, they, they took x-rays and found tumors all over my lungs and they want you to come down here. And I'm like, okay, still not understanding or comprehending. So he was at the hospital and you were home. Yep. This Okay. With you and Danielle. And there were some people at our house too. For the By that time, the Bible study was going. Oh, got it, got it. So, um, yeah, so then I ended up going down there really nobody ever said cancer to me for the first like three days they kept saying tumors and malignant and benign and um all of what I still did not ever hear for like three days yeah. that it was cancer because yeah. I, I think I was just in shock too yeah. there was just all this medical information and the day that he'd probably been in there three days by the time I realized I was reading like these notes on the wall. They were cards to the doctors and the staff. Thank you so much for being with my wife the last few de- you know, days of her life. And um, other thank you notes for, oh, you were such a great doctor. You were such a great nurse. I'm like, why is everybody dying on this floor? Okay, it's I now know. Floor. I And yeah, we were on the seventh floor at the U of M which was called the oncology floor, which still, I didn't even know what that was at that point. I wouldn't know that if no. I, if you, if dad didn't have cancer, I wouldn't know. I always thought the cancer floor was called the cancer floor. Yeah. I was like, oncology. what's oncology? I don't even know what oncology means, honestly. Yeah. And so I remember I then marching that. over to the nurse's station and I was like, because I was so like, why is everybody dying on this floor? I said, what floor is this? And they said, the seventh floor. I said, no, I understand. But what floor do you, what do you guys do here? Yeah. Oncology. And I said, what is that? And they're like, the cancer floor. And I said, and I pointed down to where dad was. I was like, like Dave Lesnar has cancer. And the nurses look at me and they're like, so they never even told you? You just like guessed? No, they never. Oh my no, gosh. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what a tumor was. Yeah. And they, they were giving me so much information. I had two babies. I was like, mm. it was a whirlwind. He was just like, one day he was home and then the next day, oh, he can't go home. And I'm like, what? This was back in the day when cancer, you were like in the hospital. Oh, yeah. For like a, a long, long time. time. A long time. Because now my friend's husband had testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. 
and he was i think he's like he was like 30 and they just sent him to like a a place that he got his medicine he had it all day for like eight hours and then he was able to come home oh yeah like that night yeah it was that's crazy yeah but then dad was saying like no we i was there for a long time yeah he was there like one full week and then he'd come home for three and he'd be so sick and then he would just start to feel better and And then then he had to go yep back in and I wonder if it was because his case was so severe. Like they had to fly the doctor who did the regiments from California to Minnesota because they didn't know what to give him. Oh. Because they never had anybody at the U of M that far along in it, in the fourth stage. Okay. Um, At the end, after he had surgery and all was kind of said and done, the doctor said... Yeah, we gave him a 5% chance of making it. Back when we first came in, they were like, no way. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't tell us that then, oh my gosh, obviously. Then, yeah. <laughs> they told us that at the end, like, he is, he's a miracle. Even the doctors, the doctors that we flew in to work on his case. So he had cancer in his lungs, in his thyroid? Liver, Where did he have it? He had liver? it in his, um, Yeah lungs liver kidneys and then a mass in his abdomen they said the size of a placenta Ooh, yeah and they and still even at that age i was like okay um you just you can't even really comprehend that yeah and even like after the nurses said yeah he has testicular cancer i marched right down to his room yeah and i walked in there and I was like, did you know you have testicular cancer? And he's looking at me probably like I lost my mind. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, and this was the weirdest thing to say to him. I, I don't even know why. It was just like I said to him, do you feel, do you feel like you're going to die? And yeah. he said, no. Oh. It's not a, I, I don't. And I was like, okay, okay, let's do it then. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but. I've heard people who are dying and I've known people who are dying that said, I know I'm dying. Yeah. I just like they know they are. And yeah. it was just such a weird question. And you like, like kind of, you have a piece with that because you're like, I, it's like, I know. Yeah. But also like him saying no. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's roll up our sleeves. What do we have to do? You know? And it was yeah. like, you know, you just kind of are like, that's all I needed to hear. Okay. Yeah. Even though we went through some really hard times with it and he was so sick and it was just hard when you're in it. And then when he was quarantined. Yeah. He was talking about that, which I never knew that story. Him being quarantined for a month. A month. And he was like, these people coming in in like their garb, like they can't even touch me or like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, and this was back in 1987. So like, there, I'm like, what did you do? Yeah, right. <laughs> For a month. Like, I'm like, if if you're quarantined now, it's literally not. You're like, I could sit and binge Netflix. Right. And like, yes, it's very lonely, of course, because you're he was only there by himself. Right. But at least there was entertainment. Like back then, you're like, how many books did you read? Right, right. And I mean, I'm sure there was, there was a TV, on, but, but we didn't have phones like how we have phones now. Yeah. To where you could at least text. Like they're all just giving and, him his food. Like, here you go. Yep. Through the door. And he's like, this is great. 
they're all garbed up. Yeah. And here I'm getting all these medications ingested. Yep. Into my system. Like, well, if it touches my skin, it'll burn. And he's like, great, you're putting that in my body. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So how did you feel like you even survived? Because you didn't have my, like family, really. Right, right. Around. No. Like, I don't remember. I remember, I mean, obviously I don't remember my dad having cancer because I was six months old. Right. But I remember after that, mm-hmm. getting babysat a lot by mm-hmm. Annette. right. Yeah, and yeah, and that was on the, the. But she did that before too. Like when Dad had cancer, like he she Mm -hmm. took us. Yeah, I think that's kind of when they stepped in because she was working in the nursery. Yeah, at the church we were involved in, and I didn't really know her. Yeah, except for when we would, you know, go up there and Mm -hmm. um, check you guys in, and then she was the first one like. I'd love to take Courtney and Danielle so that you can go out to the hospital and be with Dave. And yeah. so that was so helpful, such a blessing. Um, because I had a little red wagon and then we had a van at the time. So I put the wagon in the van and then stuff, you know, your bottles and then yeah. little crackers for Danielle and all sorts of stuff in the red, wet little red wagon and then go up there. And it was like, yeah, I don't even. You don't know. I don't even know because it's like you, just like you, you yeah. get through it. And then at the end, then you're like, oh my gosh. You're it, like, that was actually super traumatic. Yeah. I don't even know how I survived it. Right. If you think about it in reverse, it's like, yeah, that was really shitty. I hated every moment of it. Uh-huh. I never want to do that again. Right. But also when you're in it, you're like, it's fine. It's fine. We just right. got to do it. it yeah, like, whatever. exactly. It's, like I remember Nevaeh had a, when she had her stroke and I was like, you what yeah like what and then after that all of that like thinking about every day that she had all these otpt this and Mm -hmm. that and you're just like juggling around everything and trying to like make it normal and fine yeah and getting the boys to where they needed to go without making it all about nevaeh right and you know still forget about you guys either like it's Yeah. yeah it's it's crazy when you think about it so at the time he wasn't able to work no so no. you just, that's when you started your cleaning business. Right. Yep. Because um, he had been involved with a partner um, that had, he was kind of running the business while dad was in the hospital. And yeah. then there was just some stuff that happened. And then the partner ended up filing bankruptcy. and During dad's cancer? During dad's cancer and had spent some money. Oh, and then those creditors. How did you know this partner? Um, or how did Dad? I wonder if it was through. Well, he, he we knew him from the church that we had been involved in too, but he mm-hmm. knew him also from um, siding and roofing. Okay, and so there was connections there as well. Yeah. Um, and so all of a sudden we started getting telephone calls saying you owe this money and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? And then come to find out that had happened in the midst of all that stuff with the cancer. Like there was no money. And then we had creditors because they were partners. And even though the the business partner files bankruptcy, um, they still can come after us. Right. Which happened. And so it was like. So it, did you did you file for fa- bankruptcy mm-mm. or did you pay it? 
no, we ended up, we went to an attorney and spoke with them and we thought, well, we should just file bankruptcy because back then it was like $80,000. Yeah. He had like bank loans and some other stuff. Well, and then you add cancer bills. Right. On top of it. Yeah. Holy and I was cow. just like, it was like I just went into this mode like, we went to the attorney and then said, this is what we're thinking of. Yeah. A possibly filing bankruptcy. Some of these aren't even our bills. They're his. And he's like, you guys are not bankruptcy material. Hmm. And I thought, what does that even mean? But you're like, we don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> what do you well, mean? Even though we're, we're not, <laughs> but we didn't have a piece to file bankruptcy, but we thought, well, let's just go check it out. And right. See, and then when that guy said that, we're like, okay, well, th- that answers that. And I'm like, okay, I'll put a pen to paper and figure something out. And I called every single one of those creditors and said, hey, this is what's happening. This is what we're going through right now. We can pay you, um, you know, Whatever. five bucks a month or 10 bucks. Yeah. I mean, we just want you to know we want to protect our credit. Yeah. So we will pay this. And then we ended up just little by little. Did and, you settle for less? Um, some of the creditors came to us and... Um, some had forgiven the debt. Yeah. Some oh, had nice. just been, yeah. Like, I mean, there were bank loans and so many things we didn't know that had happened that the partner had done that were out of our control. Yeah. I mean, I'm dealing with my husband dying. So yeah, the business was the last thing. And, uh, so how freaking annoyed were you? Very. Yeah. Very upset. <laughs> Did you sleep? I would be like, yeah, I was so upset. My brain would just be so upset. Yeah, and I wasn't working at the time when all that happened either because I was raising little kids yeah. and I was pregnant. Six month old. Yep. And yeah. so then after that, I was like, okay, God, just give me wisdom. Like, how can we make money? Because, I mean, dad was so sick. He yeah. just, he couldn't make money. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, I um, had done personal care attendant, PCA work. Mm-hmm. And then um, they had called me and said, hey, there's um, a gal in River Place that needs help and um, she's paying cash. And so I was like, okay, great. So I went in there and she loved me and um, was like, oh, yeah, this will be great. All I need you to do is bake cookies for me and take me swimming. And I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> I can do that. Oh, and yeah. clean my house oh. or her apartment. So yeah. once I got into that building, then it was like, I just felt like, you know, the Lord was like, give, give. I got to know the office staff. They're like made up a uh, flyer. Yeah. And then they passed them out. And then like within... I'm not even kidding. Like, like within a month, I had like 30 accounts. Wow. 30. And that's when Annette was like, I'll do, you know, just go do what you need to do. I'll take mm-hmm. care of the girls. And, and that, <clears throat> so I ended up doing that and just going from like floor to floor to whoever needed it with my little cart. Yeah, I remember. Uh-huh. You would bring us sometimes. Yep. Actually, a lot of the times. Yeah. More than not, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Or yeah. we'd go to Annette's. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So that was like, that was our income. And I was like, okay, thank you, God. Because I... So what do you feel like 
because I feel like this is good advice for anybody, really. So you had a guy, basically a business partner, screw you over. Mm-hmm. You had your stepmom and your dad um, and your mom, all the things. How do you how do you for real feel like you don't become a bitter person mm-hmm. towards them? Like hold a grudge. Yeah. Because obviously some of those people are not apologizing. Right. And it's like you have to get over it. Yeah. Without an apology. Right. Which I feel like is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. That's very hard. And because um, some people like I feel like they just don't even know. Right. Like they don't realize that they're carrying that. Yeah. And I know um, just backtracking a little bit on that whole topic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I um, when dad and I were going to get married. And I remember thinking, I will never have my dad give me away. I was just kind of, kind of holding that bitterness. Mm-hmm. And dad was just like, yeah, whoever you want, if you want your uncle, whatever, whoever you want to have. And it was really interesting because um, we had just begun our, our faith journey. Yeah. And so I remember him saying, whoever you want. And then that quickly, it was like, I was just praying one day and I felt like it was like the Lord saying he never received love. He doesn't even love himself. He never knew how to love you, Mm -hmm. love him. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what? And I went and told dad that and he was like, oh, okay. And so it was just like in that instant, it was just kind of like, it released me from that bitterness to understand the depth that that's what forgiveness is. Yeah. Is to give grace to somebody else because right. sometimes we don't know their pain or their history or the abuse they went through. Right. And so it was like that was truth spoken right to my spirit. Like yeah. he wasn't loved and he was abused. And it was like, oh, this is that opportunity that we all have. Each right. one of us has that opportunity to extend grace mm-hmm. and love where somebody doesn't deserve it yeah. in our eyes like right. I mean I said he doesn't deserve it I'm not going to let him he doesn't get that honor yeah and that's the line where I I feel like my life changed and I allowed that grace to step in to be like okay and then when I did call him to say Dave and I are getting married and I'd love for you to walk me down the aisle. And he was like, he knew he didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't need to go through and say, and you did this to me and you didn't stand up for me and you married a crazy person and she abused me and you don't deserve to even be in my life. He already knew that. Yeah. I mean, and I did it in my heart and it was just like, I was done. It was yeah. just kind of like, I'm not going to carry that because that felt icky to me. Yeah. That felt like, oh, I'm going to carry on the same thing if just, I don't. Yeah. It's like, where does it end? Because right. it's just like, then you're bitter at everyone almost. Uh-huh. And it's so cliche to say, hurt people hurt people. Right. But it's so true. Yes. Like yes. if you don't grow up, if you, or if you do grow up in a really toxic household, how like it's so how do you even of course they're gonna grow up just the same of course it's like you're watching that you're you're seeing that right. what is what was that one that you said the the boys of whatever the 
There's oh. no such thing as a bad boy boy just a bad environment bad environment yeah that's at um boys town in nebraska somebody sent a picture who lived there and was like i drive by this every day and i listen to your mom's podcast and it was so good and yeah whatever but um but it's so true when you're watching like i was just watching have you ever did you do you guys have hbo or did you Um, sign in yeah, we okay. did. Yep. Um, there's one on there. It's the curious case of Nata- Natalia Grace. Mm. And she's adopted. And um, she basically grew up, her adopted family was crazy. Mm. And the mom tried to change her age from seven to like 21. And she was really a seven-year-old going through basically like, I'm going to drop you off at this apartment. You have to like live there oh, by, by yourself. And she was from Russia and whatever. But she, of course, now this Natalia is is crazy too. Mm-hmm. Not crazy, I should say, but just like you can tell very toxic. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but just think of like what she went through as a seven-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Not like it's so easy to just be like, she's terrible. She's yeah she's the worst she's so bad mm-hmm. she but i'm like uh, she grew up with like a mom that was telling her she's 21 saying like put this tampon in and mm. she, her being like i don't even like you're seven yeah you you can't comprehend yeah like it's yeah. just it's crazy yeah. but really it's 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 what i mean you almost think then like what happened to her mom right exactly right and who is the one that's going to come along to break the chain yeah who's going to be like okay mm. it stops here yeah and that's each person's choice right really and um you know but it takes that mindset of i am not going to pass this on to my children yeah it's a conscious decision yeah conscious Conscious. (laughs) did i say that right um it's a decision and i feel like because really in the real world you're like what is worse than somebody who's bitter and like just the crabbiest person ever right you just never want to be around them right exactly and then people and but they also have a choice to be like okay like yeah this is not who i'm gonna be right and eat and we do all have that that choice yeah you know to look at that and i know even when you know i was younger and observing all that stuff and thinking I mean, even at a young age, it's like, I knew it was toxic. I, I didn't yeah. know the verbiage of this is toxic. This is dysfunctional. Yeah. I just knew in my spirit, like, I, if I ever got out, it's kind of like that song, if I ever get out of here, you yeah. know, um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, please. and you did, but then your brothers didn't, right? They're, right. They both passed from drug abuse because yeah. like, what else is there? Right. Like, and you knew you didn't want to, you knew there was more than just like, ugh. I just, you want to be numb when you're in a situation like that. Right. That's why people do that. Right. Exactly. And they were given those choices to get out as well, but they didn't, I mean, when you come out of that environment, it does take a lot of work. In in general, life takes a lot of work to, um, you know come out of something like that and both both my brothers had that opportunity yeah um, and I believe that they tried but it was like yeah and you tried to to like be like okay come live with us mm-hmm. get your life whatever 
right back on track and they just I mean yeah they chose to I mean that's where the difference between addiction steps in and yes I did the drugs I did all that stuff but I didn't do it to that point you know to where it became such an addiction Mm -hmm. which it could have been yeah you know it was like the the things that were available then you know back then it was crack you know and then the cocaine and I just watch some of that stuff and I'm just like oh my gosh you know to where people don't ever get out of that Mm -hmm. lifestyle Mm -hmm. and uh I'm very thankful and very grateful that I just kind of in my mind was like, God, please help me. I mean, I didn't even know God, but I was like, there's got to be, you know, higher power, whatever Mm -hmm. you call it. Everybody calls it differently. But I was like, even at that point, I knew there was a God and I knew I needed help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think people just kind of keep going and are like, I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. Well, none of us really can. No. You know, and I think that is a turning point as well. Yeah. You know, um, submitting to your higher power or God, Mm -hmm. for me, that's what it was. And allowing somebody else to lead my life because obviously I had no direction and I needed direction. I was like, God help. Right. Yeah. Okay. So after, when did, how long did dad's cancer last it was probably a good year because um he went through the treatments it felt like a long time yeah actually a year sounds really like because it was december listen january (laughs) was in the hospital for a week with her stroke and it felt like 20 years yeah it's like why is hospital life literally it's like time stops. Yeah, time. You walk out that. and you're like, has it been five years? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. I, I just saw you yesterday. I'm like, yeah. what? Yes. It's yes. weird. It's so wild. Yeah. You know what somebody told me, which I was like, oh my gosh, how do we get this to become a thing? Somebody was like, you know what would be so nice? Because we were, you know, with Nevaeh's brain surgeries and stuff. If if they, if hospitals started like having a gym. I was just, I'm like, can I you was imagine just going just to like, say walking on a treadmill yes like do anything besides the stupid cafeteria yes that you feel like you're like and i'm not saying it's stupid you know what mm. i mean i just am like ugh, you want to sit somewhere else besides mm-hmm. like these stiff chairs like even yes. if you're on an elliptical yep. or like had a peloton i'm like right. how does a that bike. hospitals are huge right there's got to be a room yeah that you're like i need to work out and yes. like take your mind off of like it when Nevaeh was having her surgery, I felt like we were all playing card mm-hmm. games, but like you're like your brain is not there, right? It's not, and so exercising would be yes. so yes, incredibly amazing. Yeah. I'm like, who do we talk to for that? Yeah, I mean, I would love. Won't that be? I would love that. Such and that's a good idea. So true, and I mean, they have chapels, which yeah. is great. That's for your spiritual side, but really, you're only in there for. Why do you need to go to a chapel? Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) you're you're concentrating, you're praying, you're asking. I mean, I did go to the chapel a couple times, but... Were you alone um, when you did that? Because I'm like... When I'd go to the chapel, yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I'm... I guess because you had dad in there. Like, I always had Ethan, and I'm like, we'd be in the room 
True. Praying. But right. I'm like, so That's I don't feel different. the need to be like. Yeah. But if I was alone, maybe I would. Yeah. But. And Deb Sabus was up there a lot with with me too yeah. and so I mean we played cards and talked like you have a chapel you should have a gym I, I totally think you know that's the thing with even drug treatment too drug treatment hospitals drug treatments do now more days but back yeah. when I went through they didn't they should have the chapel and the a gym area because we're we are spiritual emotional and physical beings yeah and each part needs to have that place to you know yeah um what's the word you know release yeah have that release and yeah even um, if there was like okay we're having a yoga class right now i'm like oh my gosh the way that that is so needed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is unbelievable especially when you have kids in the hot because like when Nevaeh was on the ICU floor she's been on that floor multiple times right both of her brain surgeries when she had her mm-hmm. stroke there had there are kids in there for so long right like, right it could be years that mm-hmm. they're in there sometimes mm-hmm. months so that means mom and dad are in there just as long and right. I'm like they right. need a break too even if it's like I'm taking a quick half hour I'm gonna go downstairs yeah on the gym floor oh for sure and walk on the treadmill. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would do. Cl- I would do classes. At, I know at a hospital. Can you imagine how great that would be? Yeah, that uh, that that. I mean, you bring up a r- really great topic. So if there's anybody out there, yeah, who do we talk that, to? Yeah, Come talk to help us because we would <laughs> love to you. do that. Yeah, yeah. like because Nevea was at you were at the U of M. Yep. Um, we have been at Children's multiple times. Masonic yep. for when Nevea was diagnosed with type one. And when, when somebody brought that up in my messages, I was like, wow, that just stuck with me. Like that is the best idea I've ever heard. And why is that? We're like, it's 2024. Right. I (laughs) mean, there should be gyms in there. There should be gyms. There should be, I mean, just that is so needed. And what a, what a perfect. You know um, what they have now that I loved and Nevaeh loved. I know that like any, even if I was in the hospital, I would love this, but they have like the dog therapy. Oh yeah. Where they bring in animals and Nevaeh, there was a bunny that was supposed to come in and that never ended up happening. She was really bummed. Yeah. But but we did get a dog each time Mm -hmm. and it was Nevaeh's favorite by Mm -hmm. far, which dogs are so like, it's, they're just something so healing about a dog. Right. Yeah. Or a bunny, I guess. I don't. Yeah, just don't know. animals. Yeah. They just are their eyes and you the comfort. Yeah, it brings and um, yeah. the children's ward. That was something when Dad was in the hospital. That when he would start to get depressed. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, like I could tell like he, he's kind of like oh getting agitated starting because you do start to feel sorry for yourself. We all do. Yeah. And he'd start to just be like oh just agitate i'm like let's go down to the kids ward yeah every time we went down to the kids ward and we would just go visit the kids kids that were in these cribs and their parents were like abandoned them yeah and and like the yeah like the nurses are just there and then we would just go in the little area back then you were allowed to do that and just they would just wheel the kids down to this little like visitation area and just like have them look out the window yeah and just yep and so we would go in there and just sit and that that just always readjusts your attitude really quick Mm -hmm. like oh here's this little child going through cancer or this or that and no family i know and it's like 
that readjusts your attitude really quick. I know. I wish it wasn't so like, I wish there was a, a way that that was still a thing like mm-hmm. that you could go yeah. visit kids that don't, I mean, I know that you can do like, you can volunteer at the hospital and whatnot, but um, on the ICU floor, it is a lot different because right. like you can't just be bringing no. If you have a clo- a cold, like these kids are so susceptible to right. getting sick. But um, I remember Nevaeh walking up after she had her stroke and she had her little walker, and we would she'd look in and she's like, "Oh, that's a really little baby in there." Mm. And there's all these tubes, and I'm like, "I know it's so yeah. it's it's hard." Yeah. But they are tough freaking kids, right? Is, is what they are. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I don't. I don't know if we covered all, yeah. all of that. We kind of did a bunny trail. Yeah, we did. We did. But hospital talk is very. It's just different. But so, um, after Dad di- got diagnosed, he was then. Then he just started working, and you continued to do, um, cleaning, cleaning, mm-hmm. and you did that for so long. Yeah, it was like so twenty long. years, and 20 years, yeah. Um, I was still doing PCA work hmm. as well. And then um, my mom made me do that too. PCA. She's like, it would be good for you just in case somebody in your family needs it someday. <laughs> and then look. And then look. Yes. <laughs> like, well, I think that was one of the harder things when Nevaeh had her stroke mm-hmm. um, was because you, I mean, she wasn't able to use her arm and she couldn't stand really. Right. So giving baths and washing the hair and like that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff was it was definitely tricky it's good experience for for anybody anybody to do really yes i i think it's one of those things that you're like you realize then how thankful you are for your health i mean i've been very aware of my health ever since i was a kid because obviously dad had cancer and Mm -hmm. you were like way aware of like everything yep and then like when you have you know your kids you're just like automatically like okay I'm so thankful I can have my body and I can move it and I mm-hmm. this and that and whatever yeah it it makes you very thankful yeah and very aware and yes. that was the same reason I became a PCA too yeah um because it, it was like if the, anything ever happened within my family I would want to be able to not be you know just like oh yeah nervous or like I think for me awkward I feel like yeah it's like you never want it and this is one thing I can just say to every nurse out there Mm -hmm. is that like you want to be not bothered by anything that happens bodily function wise Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the things I remember the lady that I PCA'd um she had something with her foot and I remember being like okay I'm going to pretend like this is totally normal and not make a face and freak her out. Right. And that has actually very much come in handy with Nevaeh as well. Like I'm like, right. it's not a big deal. Even though I get like really nervous, mm-hmm. I'm still like, it's fine. Right. <laughs> I don't even know how. Right. Really. It's just like inside it's, where you're like, okay, we yeah. have to just deal with it and get through it. And you just kind of put on another... Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like a strength. Like, yeah. okay, we just have to do this and get through and it. Nurses, and nurses, like, you know, like, 
they're like, okay, you got to go poop. And you know, <laughs> they're like, literally don't even care. They just right. don't. And I, that is such a nice thing to not feel like, oh, I'm embarrassed that I'm pooping in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And they're like, no, that's so good. Yep. Good job. Yep. Yep. You can get out of here now. You're right. Like, Thank you. Bye. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> that is, I, I, Nevea could name all of her nurses. Mm. She like, absolutely loved all of them yeah like she didn't have you know they're just they're there all the time so right right. um okay well moving on I do have some questions for you Uh aha she's got (laughs) questions from that I feel like that's a good little snippet um of not being becoming bitter because I feel like that is such a big thing Mm -hmm. um so these are some questions that I saw on a reel. It said seven things to ask your mom. Oh, seven things. I was like, okay, I'm screenshotting it <laughs> and and doing it. Okay. What do you, what's your favorite memory of us? Just creating all the memories like around the pond, around uh-huh. outside. Yeah. Um, then there was school yep. and animals. We were homeschooled for a good Good bit of our life. Mm-hmm. I'll say more than half, maybe. I was um, we were homeschooled for. Well, see, yeah, senior high. So from ninth to twelfth, you were in full time. Yep. Um, you went to I want to say first, second, and third. First, I at, went to school second, at Meadowvale. No, first at, I went to first grade, and then I couldn't read very well because I feel like I'm low key dyslexic, and could not read. For the life of me or spell. Yeah. And so then you homeschooled me second, third, fourth, fifth. I went back to school. Yep. Six, and seventh, then six, seventh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there were some really great memories with homeschooling and doing things with neighbors. Mm-hmm. And it was a, li- a little co-op at that time. Nowadays, yeah. homeschooling is such so widely, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just the thing to do. Homeschooling back then was not the cool thing. Right. But we had really um, connected with some great people Yeah, through the community. We did like field trips yep. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you did stuff with Alice mm-hmm. and um, then Annette. We did a lot of trips. I yep. think some of my favorite we were busy. things. We were very busy. Yeah. I think some of my favorite memories with us are um, just road tripping. Like, yeah, at night, well, we're gonna head over to Annette's or Mexico. We went to too. That was all so fun. Mm -hmm. So fun. Probably my my best memories were when you guys were in. I don't know what grade it was, but you were in gymnastics. Yeah, pretty much. uh, Well, you were in gymnastics forever forever (laughs) and um but to connect with you it was like I knew in the mornings not to talk to you yeah I knew throughout the day you do your stuff and then like once you were in school not talk to you after school like say how was your day nope she did not like that so then I didn't do that but then it was kind of like 7 30 then it was like, then you'd come alive and then it'd yeah. be like, then after your bedtime, then it was like, then she was ready to talk and tell yeah. me everything. Nevaeh's and, the same way. It's so yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. She'll like have moments where I'm like, okay, she does not want to talk. <laughs> like, she's just like, fine. Yep. It was fine. 
And then all of a sudden she's like in my room. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Like, what, what happened? Something's yep. going on. Yep. But she's, she's very much the same. Yeah. I'm definitely not a morning person. Yep. But I do think like my, I, I mean, if I could redo my childhood, I definitely would. <laughs> if I could Let's redo, just redo it. it. <laughs> Let's like, redo it, it and talk too fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Replay. Yep. Cause it does go by. You just look yeah. at time well, and God, like, i'm like Whoa. austin's already 16 i'm like uh-huh. how are you 16 right you're like i still I feel 16 16 yes like, exactly and then i'm like thinking it's weird when you think of like i suppose it's probably different for you because your childhood was so different right like looking at a 16 year old like him mm-hmm. and where you were when you were 16 yep is so different yeah it's like night and day even when you and danielle were 16 i was like wow is this yeah i like lived through you guys kind of like just observing but what was really special was that and i said that in the last podcast was that you guys pulled me into your world yeah which is very unique Uh in that um to have that during the teenage years yeah um to be like, hey, mom, come on, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I feel like this. a lot of people don't like the teenage years. And I'm like, I, I, love I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I think there's just this really fine line of too much. Right. Like trying to get into their world too much. Right. Without like being like, okay, you're, you're annoying. Or it's just like they have, they have their boundaries too. Right. And they obviously don't always want to hang out with me. No. And I have to be okay with that. Right. Right. Which is kind of hard. Yeah. Because you're like, you don't like like me anymore. Right. Or what? Right. But obviously they just, I mean. Yeah. But building. They want their own. They're becoming adults. So they mm-hmm. want their own space. And- right. And just knowing when you can step in and. Yeah. And it's good. But giving them that space. Yeah. To where they come to you. Yeah. And is- like not like over I just there's this well you don't want to be a helicopter parent yeah no um and no kid wants that I mean Mm -hmm. we know parents who are like that that I raised you well right which is so hard because you're like it just happened way too fast right how do I know yeah but I mean I'll say all of our kids are great kids so I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm happy in that way yeah and you've really given them space Mm -hmm. to you know create those friendships and you're trusting what they're doing with their friends right you know I mean you've you've poured that into them and you've built that trust with them yeah don't get me wrong I'm looking at their life 360 I'm like oh yeah yeah where are you (laughs) just 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 and that's normal yeah Yeah, that's normal like what do you want to tell your great grandkids so that would be Austin's kids or Soraya's yeah yeah you're like and it's fine I don't have to ask them I'll tell them (laughs) <laughs> right i'm gonna be here i'm, I'm gonna tell them straight to their face <laughs> I, I don't need to ask them yeah because that is be here it is kind of weird because like it is weird soraya's is turning 17 yeah she could be married next year yeah if she's following our footstep that's one of the questions that somebody asked was which i think we didn't really touch on too much um but it was what did you think of what does it say? What do you how did you how did she feel about you getting married so young? But mm-hmm. also I feel like they I don't think they realize you got married so young. Right. Too. You were how old? 
20? Um, I think 20. Uh, 20? Well, we met when I was 16. Uh-huh. Um, started dating when I was 17. So it was like, the, it's kind of like that song, she was 16 going on 17. Take <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it. Of you. you. Oh, it's hilarious. So you were young also. So you yep. didn't feel some type of way. No, no. And I feel like you and dad were both like, yeah. Well, we had experienced Ethan's family a on lot. the other hand. Yeah. yeah. We experienced a lot before that. So even though I was 20, I felt like I was 40. Well, yeah. That's kind of like <laughs> what I was in our last podcast we kind of talked about because like if you think of a normal 16 year old like Austin Mm -hmm. hasn't gone through half of the things like you were already living somewhere else right you weren't even living with your Mm -hmm. mom and dad you Mm -hmm. were like in drug treatment Mm -hmm. at 16 so in a different state yeah yeah Yeah. for us it was different then because like we didn't go through right things until we were married right and going through like relationship things and right but yeah and to me it's it's different but it's similar in that you grow up together right like um dad and i grew up together even though we had all those life experiences before we chose each other like i remember dad always saying well i want to grow old with you and i'm like oh that's weird yeah you know like i'm young like look how cute they are i'm like yeah yeah i'm like okay well I didn't have that to look at and so I was like oh really like, do you okay think we can do that right yeah will we make it right and so it's kind of like but we also went through life issues together and so I feel like we grew together versus you hear some people say oh go out and sow your wild oats right. and then get married mm-hmm. well that's another that's just another their, option that's an option yeah. if if that's what you choose and to me it's like i knew even though i had people saying oh I don't know if I like him, you know, like my brother. And then it's like, oh, we how do you not like him? Yeah. Well, he just jokes all the time. Yeah, he jokes. So that bothered him, you know, like, I don't know why some people. Yeah. Like, (laughs) who knows? And thank goodness Uh, I didn't listen to them. Yeah. And was like, no, I this guy makes me laugh. He's great. You know, and so it's like, and you don't know that at a young age, like, oh, we're going to go and experience life together. It's just like, oh, you just are in love with that person. Right. And you don't consciously think like, oh, we're going to go through some great times and some really, really hard times. Yeah. You know, you just choose each other. and Yeah, you- and you can grow together or you grow apart. Right. Not all marriages, of course, like marrying True. really young last. But right. that doesn't mean, I mean... There's so many ways of doing life and it doesn't mean anyone is wrong or right no, for doing it no. their way. Right. It is what it is. But I, also, I feel like if you're like, I was like, mom, me and Ethan are engaged, like whatever. You're not like, you know, I'm 18. You're like, what? I can't tell you no. Right. It's like that or we're going to have a fight about it. Right. Not a fight, but like, you know, yeah. there's tension because Ethan's parents said that. Like, well, even though they knew me at like such a young age. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know. Right. Don't you want to like live life first? And we're like, no, not really. Yeah. We want to live life together. Right. Right. And what's there is, I mean, that's great. Yeah. And you hear of, I mean, a lot of people who are like, oh, I, 
I had my first love and then, but people told me, you know, I should go do da, 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 yeah. da, go to college first, then, go to, which is great, yeah. you know, but sometimes you have that within you right away. Like, I don't want to go and do that. I want to right. have a relationship. And other yeah. people are like, no, I want a career. And Great. all kids are going to be different too. Yes. Like, I mean, yes. I can see Austin getting married young. I mean, I could, I mean, or he's going to wait. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't gauge right. either what, is he going to go to college and do all that first? You know? Right. But that's up to him. Right. He's, and our job as parents is to support our kids. I know. And not, I feel like a lot of parents, they, so they like live through their kids and then they make a decision that's different than what their parents think and then the parents are like immediately upset about it and mm-hmm. it's like it but it's not your life correct it's their life correct how you have yeah. and it's hard to differentiate different different right yes. you know what i mean yeah. but like mm-hmm. you aren't they they are their own person mm-hmm it's yeah. wild parenting yeah. parenting could be a whole nother podcast holy right moly. yeah because we've we've counseled some couples that have really struggled with their families yeah. accepting them getting married or maybe one didn't like the spouse and that yeah. whole thing and it's like I mean those are things that can really divide a family yeah and just bring a lot of harm and a lot of heartache and yeah like just just remember it's their lives and they're mm-hmm. their own person and they're they not... have to work through we yeah. all have to work through things whether it's a marriage a career right. you know and if whatever. you think they're making a bad decision like you can be like ooh, you know i just want to say like i feel like it could go wrong but also like they have to make mistakes too correct. how else are they going to learn correct you and know? what's a bad decision? I mean, really. I mean, what is a bad decision? I mean, they, we've all made bad decisions. Yeah. Jeffrey and so, Dahmer made a lot of Jeffrey bad Dahmer. Decisions. Yeah. <laughs> he made some really, really bad choices. Uh, I don't even, uh, yes. That's, that man sure made a lot of bad ones. Now that, you know, now that, it would be a conversation <laughs> yeah. to be like. What's well, a bad decision? I'm like, well, mom, there's yes. serial killers. <laughs> there's serial killers. That's a bad uh, decision. I'm, Jeffrey, don't do Jeffrey, that. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, you're, you need therapy, Jeffrey. Yes, yes he does. He really does. Uh, um, okay. So I don't know what we were talking about there, but... <laughs> I don't know how we got down there. Um, this is how a lot of our conversations go. ADHD just... <laughs> mirror, like, and then I'm like, wait, what was I saying? Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about me? Mm. I'm super funny. You're super funny. <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, your, um, your loyalty. Yeah. Um... I feel like that's a big one that's that a huge one brought up a lot yep where i mean just you will defend um no matter what it is it's like you just step in like mm-hmm. this is no this is the way it's supposed to be and it's like you're not being fair yep i'm gonna tell be you fair. right now be, be fair yeah. um yeah loyalty is way up there your consistency mm. you're very and you were like that even as a little girl yeah it was like in school it'd be like hey here's me let's get up really early get all of our stuff done because then we can play in the afternoon and then um 
6 a.m. I'm like up and then I mean Danielle would be up and you're like oh but you'd get up and Mm -hmm. even when you were in school it was like you'd come home you wanted to get your homework done so you could go out and play and it's just like you had it was like okay I got to do this to get to that and you followed through Mm-hmm. And still to this date, even with, um, you know, your career choices and, you know, your physical part, you kept on like, even through gymnastics with yeah. your consistency. And I in think that, that can be one of my biggest pet peeves of people sometimes is not following through. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, everybody has to follow through with what right. they say. Right, right. Because if I feel like I just feel like if I'm going to say something, I'll think about it for a really long time and then I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to like say it. Cause if I say it, then I know right. I'm going to do it. Right. So I can't say something unless I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my Which biggest is, things. Yeah. And I mean, you are a great example on that and just like different things. Like I didn't have consistency growing up. And so I've learned it throughout the years. Yeah. But even as I come back to things with you, it's like, oh, okay, yes, we need to be consistent, whatever it is, yeah. you know, like, you're, like, you're doing the mashed potatoes. I'm like, no, yep. it's my thing. Yep. <laughs> or I'll like, be like, where's your Christmas tree, mom? Uh-huh. Like, you, I, no, I don't think we're going to do it. I'm like, you have mm-hmm. to. Well, and that does go back to, again, I mean, my mom became a Jehovah Witness yeah. at what I was probably nine or 10. So I had, I had Christmases up till that time. And then at that age, then from 10 until I left my mom, it was like no Christmas, no Easter, no holidays, no no birthdays. And so that was traumatizing. And that just is like a brain, you know, just, yeah, it's kind of like, whoa, you you've had this one way. Yes. It's like you live 180. Yeah. Like now you can't do that. And at school, you cannot stand up for the um, Pledge of Allegiance. So when everybody else was standing up, I had to stay seated (gasps) and I got bullied. I didn't know that. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. I got beat up a lot in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And then it was like, then left. Well, by what, seventh grade, then I went to my dad's and got bullied by my stepmom. Yeah. So it was kind of like bully, 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 bully. It's a so horse of peace, no matter which way yeah, you go. no matter which way, but it was like... It's a bad road either way, but you really had no choice. So <clears throat> you've been really instrumental in that part of my growth mm-hmm. as far as consistency. Yeah. And I don't know that I've ever said that. No, I don't think so. Because... I probably well, why do you just randomly say that. Like, thank you for being. Yeah, consistent. thank you for being be consistent, like, Courtney. What? <laughs> but you don't realize it or articulate it until yeah. till you're talking about it like yeah. this. Yeah. Because how many times do I go back and go, my life was so inconsistent. Yeah. It was up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then you have that. And then as an adult, it's like, okay, now, now I have to learn to be consistent. Now I have to do it. Yeah. You know, where you've kind of had that throughout your whole life yeah. and you've, had that consistency and mom and dad were there and your house was there and your lights were on Mm -hmm. and you had food all that stuff I didn't and so then that causes this up and down up and down and I learn really easy if I'm around somebody who's super consistent then it's like oh 
I need that in my life. Yeah. I, I lack that. Yeah. I don't I don't use it as an excuse. Like my family, you know, or my life was so terrible. No, I, I do not no, use that as a badge yeah. ever. Um, I'm always wanting to grow and change. And how can I better myself? And I pull from the people who are around me. Mm-hmm. And so consistency Ethan is, says that too, because mm-hmm. he is like... So Ethan, if you guys are into the Enneagram thing, my mom and Ethan are the same. They're very similar mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> like except I, male and female. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a female form of a, you know, my mom. Yep. And, but it's good because I was like, I could have never married somebody. People always say, you, you marry someone like your dad. I'm like, no, nope. I am my dad. Yes. <laughs> I married somebody like my mom. Yep. Um, But he's also the same. He's like, I get inspired because you're so consistent and I just don't, I'm not like that. Right. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. Yep. And maybe some of his stuff from him growing up as well. Yep. You know, so it's interesting that we're both threes and that we both are like Courtney, you know, it's like, Oh, that we need that. Yeah. Even though some people will be like, Oh, he's so OCD on, <clears throat> vacuuming or this or that yeah but maybe I'm the next thing he's not right you know he and- is he, that is one thing I think is so interesting about him and you I mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other night I FaceTimed her because I so many people were surprised that Ethan doesn't make his bed every day mm. and he's like no I feel like I just like pick and choose mm-hmm. like he doesn't like clutter but I, that has so much to do with his childhood right and the clutter and the the mess mm-hmm. that and then he so he felt in control by yes. by his space and his cleaning so his house he's like yep i want it to be a certain way but like wearing his shoes around the house and on the bed he could care less right right because he's not like a germaphobe <laughs> right at all like if something fell on the ground he's not like oh there's germs on it right he's like oh i'll eat it Yep. But that yep. also has a lot to do with his childhood. But that's one thing that he's like, well, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yep. he sees dog hair or dirt like in on the floor. He's like, oh, my God. Or yep. clutter. He yep. just gets like he starts sweating. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting yep. that y- you both kind of pick and choose what you're very particular in, mm-hmm. in your OCD, you know. Right. Thing. Yeah. And I think... Um, being in control is a good word yeah. to be because you felt out of control Mm -hmm. I feel like you and Ethan can both say that like you're like this feels chaotic right so I want to control this right and it's just your space yep and when dad and I were first married I was super like way more than what I am now I've really laxed um but when we were first married, you know, it was like he couldn't even put a piece of paper down, you know, or read the newspaper, oh my put God. it down. I'd pick it up and then yeah. organize it. He'd be like, wait, where did that paper go? I go, oh, I heard you. He even over does that. I'm like, where did you put my... And he's like, I'm, but me and dad are the same where we're both like... I feel like dad probably could have a lot of like the ADHD type, like where he has piles mm-hmm. and I have piles, but they're like organized in my brain. Right. Like I'm like, don't touch that pile. Cause I like this box right here. Yep. This box right here is I have to do a haul on it. So I have to leave it there. Cause if I, if I put it away, then I'm, I feel like I'm going to forget about it. Right. Right. So it has to be out. But like my dad's dad's office is just, papers and yep. I'm like where do you how do you know I know where all my things are yep I'm yep. like well that is me yeah. like I have three little boxes right, right. here that I'm like right. I can't 
Ethan's like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't touch it. Yeah. Just don't touch it. <laughs> That's me too. Like, Dave, let me just help organize <laughs> it a little. He's like, no, I know where everything is. I know. And here's me. I it's have to weird. have files of, okay, this is my, um, the electric. That's that. That's yeah, that. Yeah, do. I I have my passwords Ethan all like. Ethan has his little file oh. when he brings to the airport. I'm like, oh my God, you he won't even let me have my ID. Yeah, I'm like, do you have? I'm kind of like checked me twenty seven five times. Like, Ethan? Yep. Do you oh have your God. passport? No, I don't. Do you have it? He says it just to like. Do like, you? He's like, I got to look at it. I'm like, and yep. I know he gets like a very like. You can tell he's so on edge. I'm like, oh my gosh, but that everybody who's disorganized needs somebody who's yes. organized. But, yes. Well, because ADHD people have like their they call it their piles. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And you organize them. And I mean, you have Rachel I know. as well, you know, and so it's like, you need, you, you need, need people those people. So it's like, it's a balance and check, mm-hmm. you know, like, even with your consistency and all that, it was like, we had that. Yeah. <clears throat> even when you were growing up, it's like, your room would, <laughs> oh I would God. just let it, I'd just let it go, you know, the piles, and then all of a sudden, it'd be like, okay, that's it. I can't, uh, that's it. I I'm gonna go in there and then she'd come home oh I just love it when you clean I my know. room when Ethan will <laughs> randomly clean our room and it's like totally per- I'm like <sighs> because sometimes I feel like I get so um like then I just get too stressed out right and then I don't and then I'm like avoid it right unless like if you come over mm-hmm. or if Rachel comes over they call mm-hmm. it um Call, there's a word for it. I just sent it to, to Jason the other day. There's a word for it. Body doubling. Oh. It's basically to have somebody come over to keep you on track. Mm-hmm. And like when you're coming over and doing laundry, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to help you do like this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you need somebody to do that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, let's do one more question. We are already at over. Oh, we're already over. We're already at over. We just started. I know. What the <laughs> heck? Okay. So um there was one. Okay, so many are wondering how you're so young looking. <laughs> That's a lot of them. Good genes. Yeah. I mean, grandma is 84? Yeah. And she doesn't look 84 though. No, she doesn't. And uh exercise helps yeah <laughs> for sure but you don't you haven't had anything crazy just the normal botox mm-hmm. filler yeah. in yep. your lips it's like oh, gone now right i have no filler in my lips Not, they're so little they're like little again i did it a couple years ago that it just doesn't stay yeah because I, I like trying different stuff yeah um that definitely did not stay for me yeah i don't know why um I have done some fillers on the side, like the Cheek. um, the cheeks. Mm-hmm. I feel like that um, does help, like, but that I feel like that's the only thing you've done. Yeah, like nothing crazy. You've Mm-mm. done Moxie, like Moxie. Yeah, laser, that's like a laser facial. Which I found a, a person to go to. Mm. I, I need to get a, a Moxie again. It's that, really good if for like sun damage. And, yeah, I really like Moxies mm-hmm. for sure. I feel like it works very well. Yeah, it. I definitely feel sunburned from it, but it's like. Yeah. And see, that was stuff that I was, I mean, as I grew up, that was nothing that was ever taught to me either was, yeah. you know, like skin care or taking care of yourself. I've learned that throughout the years as yeah. well. Like 
the exercise part. Like this is for me. Mm-hmm. I need this for my well being and um and then obviously becoming um group uh group fitness instructor. Yeah. That wasn't anything on my list. Like I wanna become a group fitness instructor. I've debated that. Yeah. So many times. Yeah. But then also, you know what else I've debated too? I'm like, oh, I think we should just like open a gym mm-hmm. and our own gym and mm-hmm. have you be a fitness instructor, me be one, Ethan mm-hmm. be like, cause Ethan would be a personal great trainer. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's so many gyms around here. Right. But I love there. like classes. I think classes right. are so like, they're just accountability. Yeah. It's so good to be like, Hey, I'm meeting you there. Right. And you're like, yep, fine. I'll be there. Right. Yeah. And there's, you know, uh, again, I mean, and you would do great at it because I mean, you have, that skill set of proper alignment yeah. and all that from gymnastics and coaching and gymnastics coaching. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think that getting into fitness when I did in, well, the Y opened in 2000. Uh, well, Austin was a baby. It was like 2008. Eight. Yeah. I want, mm-hmm. I want to say 2008. Yeah. And then we started right away. And right away. then the next year, within that year they wanted me as a fitness instructor I'm like at that time I was like I am I I was probably 200 pounds I'm like I can barely breathe yeah I could never talk and I know I remember you were like almost self-conscious about it like is it weird if I I'm like no there's like so many people that do it and they're great yeah and then obviously you know I changed eating habits and all that stuff so I think that was a big key in you know um you know, just helping grow into my 60s now. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a key thing that I would have never said. I am going to do A, B, C, and D, yeah. but fitness for everybody, even just walking, yeah. you know, doing something is huge. I feel so like good. that gives you another 20 years. Right. Um, okay, last question. Did you repair your relationship with your mom after, Not, I guess not your mom, but your stepmom after your trauma? I did. Uh, I think you were part of it as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. That was a really strange thing. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I feel like I've always been in contact, had been in contact with her. But after my dad passed away when I was 30, um, so that was 30 years ago, um, wow. I thought, I don't need to have contact with her now. She's just crazy. But at the same time... Um, at the same time, it was kind of like she was mad at me for not giving her a Mother's Day card. So then I wrote a letter. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. But it basically said, I'm just writing you. I know you were upset because I didn't send you a Mother's Day card. And I just want you to know you are not my mom. Yes, yeah. thank you for taking care of me when I came to live with you. But moms don't swear at their daughters they don't pull guns out on them they don't throw ashtrays at them yeah and I went through the words because they were very foul yeah what she used to call me yeah um and I wrote that out I did that and I feel like that healed my heart yeah to say you don't call your daughter a yeah and I wrote it out that was the most healing thing for me yeah and then I said um, and another, you know, and I just kind of went through that. I wasn't being ugly. Yeah. I just shared very matter-of-factly. And then I said, another thing that really hurt me is, 
you know, I talked about, I felt like she came into the relationship with my dad and they were having an affair yeah. and that destroyed my childhood and that brought, you know, a lot of pain to me. I just kind of wrote it out. Yeah. And I said, I would like to talk with you about this. So when you get this letter, give me a call. Crickets. Yeah. It was like a four-page letter of me just being honest. And then at the end, I said, I just want you to know I forgive you. I love you. Um, It is what it is, but I do forgive you. And let's talk about this. Yeah. Nothing. There was nothing. And then probably three years later... Um, it was 630 in the morning. I'd taken you guys to school. So you were, I think, in third grade at that point or something like that. And there was a voice message. And it said, Hi, this is Kathy. And I'm in Minnesota. Well, she was what do you call those where they don't come out of their home? Oh, um, like a hermit? Yeah, she had well, become she, that. Yeah, after um, my dad passed away like she didn't go out of her house and she was just like really went through a spiral that's where she was like hearing she was in a trailer and so she was hearing voices under the floor so then she was shooting into the floor because she thought there were people living under there and it had gotten really crazy so I just distanced myself but then all of a sudden she said I'm in Minnesota and I need to see you and I was so freaked out. I was so scared. I called dad. I was like, oh my gosh, she's in Minnesota. I think she's, because, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. If she wants. Like, is she going to come here? She's going to shoot me. Yeah. Because that letter was like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Long story short, um, she left that message. And then I didn't hear from her for a couple of days. So I was so nervous. I was like, where is she in Minnesota? Found out she was in this hotel, had a heart attack. Dad and I went up there. And now, mind you, I I hadn't seen her in probably 10 years. So I didn't know what she looked like. Yeah. When I last saw her, she was stocky. And I remember her as my abuser. Yeah. And just the violence, right? And we peek our head in there. And I'm like, the person was sleeping. And I was like, this must be the wrong room. And then we walked in there. And she was like an 80 pound, j- just shriveled up. It didn't even look like her. Yeah. I I. It was unrecognizable, except for the ring on her finger. Oh, was my dad had given that to her, and I rem- remember her hands yeah. because of the abuse. And so it was like, oh, this is her. And so I all of a sudden I just started crying. It was just like, why am I even crying? She was out of it. Yeah, wasn't coherent. I mean, dad are standing in there, and the doctor comes in, and I remember just thinking, here you are, my abuser. And you're helpless. You have nobody around you. Mm-hmm. You're. She looked like a homeless person. Yeah. And I just stood there and was like, now what do you have to say to me? Yeah. Like, now now all those words you said to me and the violence and here you are laying and you have nothing. You have nobody. Yeah. I was so overcome with pain for her. Yeah. It was like why am I even crying? And the doctor comes in, oh, honey, she's going to be okay. No need to cry. And I'm like, you have no idea. You're like, that's not why I'm crying. That's not why I'm crying. Like, I could harm her right now, but that's not what I chose to do. I went over 
And I remember our, it was just a God moment. And I just grabbed her hand and just started massaging it. I just yeah felt so overcome with like sadness for her. Yeah. And I thought I would never want to be alone in like that. Yeah. And so then um, I don't think we really talked. And then, then I think a couple d- days later, you and I went back up there because she said she wanted to talk to me. Yep. And then we went up there, you and I, and I was still so scared because I... Do you remember I was pregnant? No, I didn't. Yes, because she touched my belly. That's right. And then you were like, dear Jesus, I just prayed. Like when we yeah. left, you were like, I don't know what she did, but yeah. like, because she was in like witchcraft and like a lot of weird dark stuff. things. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was pregnant with Austin. That's right. I totally forgot. Because like, again, oh, here was that that loyalty of Courtney. Like, I want to go. Yeah. Like, I'll go with. I, I, I want to go with you. Yeah. And do you remember we went up there and she had this mask on, the oxygen, and then she was like so shaky and then she took it off and she said, I, w- I want to say, say I'm sorry. Yeah. And please forgive me. And I was like, it, it was... I didn't even have any emotion of tears or anything. I'm like, I already did. Yeah. Which, thank God that I did all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be like you. Yeah. I have to let this go. And, but the fact that that's why she came to Minnesota. Yeah. That, I mean, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Like, because of that letter and what I wrote in there, she then explained herself later, like, I'm sorry. I thought that your dad was, your dad told me that he was divorced. And so I didn't know, which I don't believe still, but mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not for me to judge. Um, but it gave her that opportunity to kind of like, I had to say the words of how you affected me. Yeah. And her response was either be like, eh, yeah, well, screw you, whatever. But yeah, I think she really felt like she was dying and she wanted forgiveness yeah you know and yeah like she knew yeah she knew yeah. so and then maybe she died after that i don't know you didn't hear. i anybody. think she's still alive you do oh yeah oh. she's alive somewhere <gasps> yeah i talked to my half brother probably three years ago and she was not in minnesota anymore but in wisconsin i think nearer him but she's still alive wow yeah i didn't know that and she, yeah, I thought well, she was dead. Mm-mm, no, she's well. My mom is eighty four, so I think she's probably like seventy eight. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, but yes, I did. I did. Um, you, with a toxic person, you don't. And I've learned Anne. this. Jeez. I learned you don't have to keep that relationship going. Yeah. But I did but express myself. I did yeah. forgive them by my choice. Like. Yeah. You know, Even I need to move on. For it. Right. Well, I mean, she did at the end, but mm-hmm. really that was years and years and years and years and years later. Right. So. Yep. Which I had already done all that work beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I Poppy's did. Annoyed. She's yelling at yeah, us. She's like, you are done now. <laughs> you are she's done like, in there. She's like, what is happening? You're done in there. Well, thanks for oh, joining me again. Yes. I'm sure this is just, you know. There'll be more. There's always more. more. There's always more. So much more. Okay. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.